You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Jenks, the Wimby sweepstakes are officially mm-hmm. over. And we know it's San Antonio that won the lottery. They get the number one overall pick. And most people are saying, hey, it's going to be Victor Wimbignana. Or Wim- Wimbin, God. Uh, I'm going to call him Wimby uh, until I okay. can nail that pronunciation. But I saw this picture of him before the draft. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Photoshopped. Like, no I have seen skinny individuals before. But my goodness, Wimby looks like he is half the size of Kevin Durant. Have you seen this guy's ankles? This guy is a beanpole. He is, but he's an absolute freak. Even LeBron James called him an alien. And he's unlike any sort of prospect that the NBA has seen in maybe 20 years. In fact, he is seen as the biggest can't-miss prospect since LBJ came out of high school. Because when you think of seven foot four players in the NBA, you think of being poles. You think about guys who just stand there in the middle. Victor Wimbanyana is totally different. He's a guy who can dribble the basketball. He can shoot from outside. He has an eight foot wingspan. So he's a great defender as well. Some people say he's like a young Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The difference is he can handle the basketball. He is an absolute freak in every sense of the word. And there is no question he's going number one. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying it's jarring looking at how skinny he is. And I am wondering, because we know he's young, and we know that Mm -hmm. there is still time for him to put some meat on his bones. But do you think there are any drawbacks to this? Like, obviously, we've seen it work with Kevin Durant. And I'm trying to think of, like, the skinniest guys in the league. Brandon Mm -hmm. Ingram looks like a praying mantis sometimes to me, the way that he (laughs) is so long and lanky. So maybe it's not an issue, and I know he's not, like, a – He's not a center, is is he? He can shoot threes. He can do it all, correct? Which the NBA is devolving more into like a centerless league with the exception of like Nikola Jokic. Uh, It seems like is the only like, you know, throwback big man that has like the footwork and the soft touch on the glass and all that. But do you think there are any drawbacks to his game? Because right now you see the highlight reel for Wimby and you're just thinking to yourself, my goodness, there's a reason this guy is minus 20,000 to go first Mm -hmm. overall. Like, do you think this is an immediate game changer for the San Antonio Spurs? Oh, there's no question about it. And the Spurs, if you think about their history, it's almost perfect. I know the Mm -hmm. Blazers and Hornets and Rockets and Pistons disagree because they didn't end up number one, but they took, they took David Robinson number one overall in 1987. They took Tim Duncan number one overall in 1997 so now they're going to take Wimby and so that makes three marquee centers in their history so 
when you look at a franchise that has a couple of Hall of Famers in this spot. Now, I'm not calling Wimby a Hall of Famer already, but certainly he has that potential. It's just amazing that of all the teams he could have gone to, that San Antonio is the call. And you talk about his weaknesses. I think the only real weakness here is, look, he's 230 pounds. So he's still a big guy, but when you're seven foot four, 230 is not that big. He's only 19 years old. I just think that whenever you are that tall, and we've seen this over time, guys who are that lanky, who are way taller than the average human being, who are that, who have such a huge wingspan, they have a propensity for maybe getting injured more so than other players. That was an issue with Greg Oden. It was an issue with Sam Bowie going way back. Now, those guys were bigger, but ultimately, when you're bigger than the average human, and this is bigger than the average NBA player, we're talking about seven foot four, there's always, I think, potentially some health concerns, but we haven't seen them thus far. Right, and I think the other factor is that he gets a Hall of Fame coach to coach him up and Coach Popovich, who David just put in the chat, that Coach Pop is never going to retire now, which is an apt point. Coach Pop Mm -hmm. is not young, but he still feels very sharp. So I think this pick going to San Antonio, it it feels – I don't want to say it like feels right because, you know, I'm sure there are other fans of other teams, especially like the Detroit Pistons that are shattering glass right now. It's like, God, we tanked for this and we didn't get it. But the Spurs as a franchise, don't they feel like a well-run franchise? Like I know they've been in the cellar lately, but still it feels like a team that – you know, can definitely rebuild and maybe be there in a few years. Like there were a few teams that I was like hoping that he wouldn't go to because it wouldn't seem Mm -hmm. like super fair, but it felt like this was a good landing spot, even though I would have liked to see him on the Hornets for my husband, who is a Hornets fan. And also the fact that he got to play uh, with LaMelo ball, that would have been electric to watch. But did you like the landing spot here or are you kind of pulling for another team? Oh, I think this is as good as it gets. You get a Hall of Fame head coach to teach you, and not only that, a Hall of Fame coach, again, who has coached guys in this very position, number Mm -hmm. one overall, who plays center. Now, Victor Wimbignana is not necessarily going to play center if he's going to move into that spot. He's a guy who's going to play all over the place, and I think his game will change as his – Body changes, that's going to be huge for him. He does need to put on more weight because you will be able to push him around currently at 19 years old. But I could not think of a better landing spot for a guy like this who's going to a head coach who's been there and done that. This is perfect. Here's a betting question. We always talk about value on this show, and sometimes we don't have time to really get in the weeds. But if something is for sure, and you do not see any other results happening, especially mm-hmm. in drafts where it's not a game, there is not an outcome, somebody can't miss a shot. Mm-hmm. Victor Wimignana, minus 20,000 to go <laughs> first overall. If you had a large stack of cash laying around, do you put it on this bet, even though you only win like a few bucks? It does feel like free money, although the risk is definitely there. That's not worth it. That's just not worth it. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be morbid here, because he is going to go number one. But there's always the possibility that something terrible could happen. You know, someone loses his life in a wreck. Whatever. We don't need to go down that road. But my point is, <laughs> would it, but 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 that's the only something right. something catastrophic would have to happen for him not to go number one. That's not going to happen. Don't wish that upon anyone. I'm simply saying that is it really worth that sort of risk 
to make a couple hundred bucks and put down tens of thousands of dollars. No, it's just not. What are you going to do? Brag your friends that you put down a hundred grand and you wind 500 bucks. Like, why would you ever even think about doing that? I don't know. It's just like, I think there are only like a few for sure bets. And this seems like one of them, like, I'm not going to do it. Like, obviously Mm -hmm. the return on investment just isn't enough because I myself typed some numbers into my sports book account. And I said, all right, what if I put like five bucks? You win one penny. You win one single penny. (laughs) So I'm not sure if it's worth it. So this is definitely factored into the numbers. This is implied that I think it's like a 99.5% chance that it goes first overall. Uh, Were there any other results to this draft that you felt were worth mentioning here? Because I do still think it's good that for Hornets fans, no, you didn't get Wimby, but you got the second overall pick. And I think it's probably going to be Brandon Miller from Alabama that goes to the Hornets, which feels like a good pick on the court. Like, obviously, he is an electric player, but still, do you think there are any reservations about the off-court issues that have, you know, kind of surrounded him during this college basketball season? Oh, certainly. I think the issue that I would have is someone who seems to have zero remorse whatsoever for the role that he played be it big or small to me is irrelevant you're talking about someone who was a part of something where someone lost her life and when you've got a guy who doesn't have the wherewithal to understand that maybe i shouldn't do this pregame dance or maybe i should show some sort of remorse and we haven't seen any of that yeah it makes me wonder about his maturity basketball skills wise there's no question he's as good as it gets. Wouldn't surprise me if he went number two to the Hornets. But from a maturity perspective, yeah, it's an issue. We're seeing that right now with John Morant. Yeah, and especially wasn't it Miles Bridges that also had some issues with the Hornets? And, you know, they have the be- behavioral patterns that maybe they don't want to take a swing on a guy like that. And I should mention that it yeah. is Scoot Henderson that is favored to go second overall at minus 150, followed by Brandon Miller at minus 105. Those odds over at our good friends at BetMGM. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. We're on Twitch. Watch the Daily Tip along with each and every show on BetQL Live. Go to twitch.tv slash BetQL. And as always, you can listen on the free Odyssey app. All right, so one more headline in the NBA. And man, was it a big one. The 76ers have parted ways with head coach Doc Rivers. We knew he was plagued by blowing leads, but this was the final straw, I suppose, for the Philadelphia 76ers. I saw kind of mixed reviews on this. Some people saying, Mm -hmm. okay, the Sixers were not favored to win the series over the Celtics. So was it like super surprising? And then we saw some people saying, well, it was two years too late. Doc Rivers has done nothing for this team. And... You know, so do you fall on one side of the fence here? Or do you think somebody had to take the fall for a team that continues to fall in the second round of the postseason? What, three years in a row now? I am not a Doc Rivers apologist. I think Doc Rivers' past came back to haunt him here. I think he's done a fine job with the 76ers. He went 154 and 82 in three seasons. The 76ers are one of only three teams in the top 10 on offensive and defensive efficiency. The numbers tell you the Sixers have played great basketball, but there is that whole narrative that Doc Rivers, and it's a fact, three times in the postseason, he's failed to advance to the playoffs after having a 3-1 series lead. 
That has been framed in different ways, even by Doc himself. But ultimately, this is what we all expected to happen. Did anyone expect the Sixers to upset the Celtics? I sure as hell didn't. So I feel like this is a bad move by the Sixers. And also, I put this on Joel Embiid. Doc Rivers is not the reason why Joel Embiid completely fell off in the playoffs. That's on Joel Embiid. So I think this is a knee-jerk reaction by the Sixers. I understand the failure in years past by Doc Rivers. I don't think this is one of those seasons. I think there are plenty of reasons why the Sixers have failed in the postseason, and not all of them are based on Doc Rivers alone. Like I think he's the fall guy here. And I think for people who watch the Sixers on a daily basis, like I'm not a Sixers beat writer. I'm sure there are arguments to be made, but still, I think he is the guy that is squarely taking the fall. What are they going to do? Fire Joel Embiid? No, they're not. (laughs) He's still the MVP. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.